What's up, Gang Count Nation? Tasha, I want to make a hit checking in. And you're about to hear the show presented by Express Sons Rooms of Columbia. Spurs up. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? The show starts in... here in Columbia. Well, it's been buzzing loudly all weekend. Passion of the crowd in Williams Bryce Stadium is second to none. And the raid breaks out in Columbia. It is good! Gamecock fans, welcome home. See how it goes. Uh, but we'll be ready to go. It's time to root. Touchdown, Carolina! It's gone! Touchdown! What a hit! He makes it in! Can you believe it? You are your hosts, J.C. Sherbert. Watch him celebrate now. Bill Molinax. My wife doesn't like hanging around losers. And Jamie Bradford. I'm going to tell you, you look like you joined Doug Dynasty. All right, greetings and good morning, and welcome to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, live from the Cinerama Studios and very proudly presented by Express Sunrooms. Make sure you have one of those to watch Gamecock baseball, basketball, and eventually Gamecock football when it rolls back around. JC, JB, and Phil here until 1 o'clock today. And speaking of Gamecock football, Taylor Edwards, he's the director of player personnel. He'll join us coming up in less than a half hour on our program and we certainly look forward to getting an inside look at what Carolina is going through right now, coming off of an elite signing class and looking to sign another one. There are some things we certainly cannot get into with him. Those are called NCAA rules, but there is plenty that we can. So we will uh, have a nice lengthy conversation with Taylor. We hope that you'll stick around. And as we continue to politely and kindly ask you to do, tell a friend. If you don't mind, tell a friend about Sinorama as well, because if they own a business or if you own a business, that's who you want to use to make sure you promote that business. They have the best of the best of the best that work there. Sinorama.com, Sinorama in Columbia is Gamecock owned and operated interior, exterior, vehicle graphics. Maybe you need a banner. Maybe you need a tablecloth. Maybe you need pretty much anything out there, like literally anything. The world is full of signs and they make the best of the best here in South Carolina, signorama.com, a full service sign company handling design, production, install, and service. And that is certainly who we will be using with some things we will probably need here before long, uh, a little bit later on in the year. Uh, Carolina's going to play baseball tonight, too, guys. We're going to go 4 and 0 and continue this marvelous start. So we'll certainly get into some of that stuff. And, and the basketball team's got a Difficult one tomorrow night. Mike Morgan's actually on the call of that game. Seth Greenberg, by the way, is his color guy. So looking forward to that broadcast. It's always difficult on me because I like to listen to Casey and Derek as well. So my wife thinks I'm strange that I have 
radio on and TV, and I can simultaneously listen to both. But yet, when she asks me to do something, I always claim that I don't hear her. Uh, it is Fat Tuesday. It is also National Pancake Day, which one Tommy Moody once made very famous at Carolina because after Joey Pancake hit a home run on National Pancake Day, Tommy used the next five years to promote it on National Pancake Day. <laughs> so we'll see who goes yard today. It won't be Joey, but maybe somebody. With all that said, looking forward to getting Taylor Edwards in here. And I'm sorry to cause a ruckus on the big spur this dot com this morning just by saying that oh. Taylor Edwards was going to be here. Good morning, guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's yeah, yeah. you. <laughs> I've noticed the message board. I don't I don't know what what the deal is. I mean, th- things are going pretty well. And uh, I think a lot, some of the folks there were waiting for the other shoot to drop. Sometimes when there's bad news, I guess uh, I don't really actually remember this being a trend or, or how we format anything on the big spur, but uh, you you kind of put the name dot, 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 and the people click on the news. And I guess sometimes that means, hey, he's not coming or he's, you know, I mean, I had a Nick Harbor update up uh, on signing day uh, like, like that. I guess it was semi-bad news at the time, but it ended up working out well. So, uh, yeah, everybody was freaking out that uh, Taylor was leaving. <laughs> uh, and, of course, uh, if he was, rightfully so, I mean, he's, uh, I like Taylor a lot. I, I think he's one of the best guys that, um, that that that's been in this position at South Carolina. I, he's got a little edge to him. Uh, he's a guy that's not, you know. Sometimes in this business, you run across these personnel guys, and they're they're real kind of cookie cutter types. He's not. He's got a great personality. Relates well to kids and their families. Builds relationships. Generally cares about where he's at and all that good stuff. And I'm going to say that before he gets on, because I know he's not listening. I don't want to inflate his, his massive ego any more than it is, but uh, <laughs> I'm just joking about it. I'm joking, Taylor. I'm joking, but uh, uh, certainly, and we had him when I was just doing the show solo, uh, I had him on and we had a really nice uh, interview, uh, really informative and stuff. So he knows his stuff. Obviously recruiting is a big, a big thing right now. Uh, I will say Chris in the Nana sports chat box, Chris of Nana's porch uh, wanted to talk about park Avenue. Uh, that's not Taylor's uh, uh, yeah. wheelhouse. That, that would more be like not his Chad Avenue Miller or somebody like that. And because uh, 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 the 11 top park, park Avenue does have to do with recruiting because of NIL, but it's more uh, a structured thing. I'll, I'll tell you this, it hasn't gone away and it's helping. Um, it's just independent of the university. Uh, if you guys want an update on that, that's, uh, you know, I, I know all about that. So uh, they've actually been really, really helpful. All three entities, I guess, Park Avenue, Garnet Trust, and, of course, Carolina Rise. By the way, if you haven't joined Carolina Rise, please do so. <laughs> Go to CarolinaRise.com. Uh, if you join as a Level Up member right now, free shot glass, and you get a Level Up member lapel pin. How about that? Uh, plus, uh, you know, any other goodies. So, uh Go join right now. But anyway, are, by the way, three. these are these are next level stickers. By the way, I've got one. Oh yeah, 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 oh yeah, the shiny you, you sticker. Can, you can get those on InsideTheGameCocks.com. Uh, sorted yeah, stickers. These, these are uh, these are legit stickers. I didn't realize they were this good. Yeah. JC, thanks thanks for the stats. Well, I, I bought all the I, I, I bought a lot of stickers these days because of Carolina Rise, and so I just get big spur. I have JC and Morgan podcast stickers, stock all kinds of stickers. So. Oh wait, it's there's a JC and Morgan sticker. <coughs> there is. It, wow. it does exist. Too. 
Phil, did you I know this? No, I didn't. I'm going to have to put one of those on. Uh, yeah, I, I got a I few mean, things I can stick those on. Is, why, why is this a secret? Like, I feel like this is something that we should know about. I should have one on my cooler at least. Well, here's what, every get... water bottle in my house promotes everything that we do. <laughs> so maybe we should just start screen printing our water, you know, printing water bottles and getting those out. <laughs> Bingo. Actually, yeah, that's a good idea. That's all right. Here, let's have a production Is, meeting right here on the air and talk about what. <laughs> do, do y'all? Yeah, <laughs> we do need to have a production meeting. I don't, I don't know that some people people might get bored with that. Do y'all? Are y'all like me? I have a. I have my. So I have one uh, small carry around like with a strap, good Yeti cooler that's really easy to throw in the back of the golf cart, take it to the pool, I take it in the boat, whatever. I've got one big cooler that's you know big, uh, that's clean, that's. You know, it's kind of it's my classy cooler, and then I've got one cooler that just I just keep putting stickers on it. Do you have one of those? I, I actually use my uh, cooler, my my normal cooler I use to put uh, um, stickers on. I, I uh, you know, I I it depends on what car I'm driving as to if there's stickers on it. Like the the to the O four Explorer we're driving right now. Uh, I put stickers all over it because it's an 04, <laughs> and it really doesn't matter at this point. Uh, now, now the, the, the fiance's Mercedes does not get stickers, but they do get magnets, uh, Carolina Rise mm. magnets and, and the show magnets. And we're out of the show magnets right now, but uh, mm. that's, um, that's one of the things there. But, uh, yeah, I, I like to uh, – and I've got a wall in, in my studio here that has like, all the different versions of all the stickers of everything I do and – all that good stuff. So it makes me happy. Yeah. Big stickers so, on the instrument cases guy. And then, uh, oh. coolers. I, mean, I got a couple in the cooler that we use. And then I have one cooler specifically for brining meat. So nobody sees it. Yes. Play. Phil called me before Thanksgiving <laughs> and tried to break this down for me. Got one of those <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to, I was going to brine Cornish hens and then I got them out and I was like, they're too small to do that with. <laughs> you just you basically just pop them in the oven. Matt was like, "You pop them in the oven, idiot." Yeah, they'd so. be like salt licks if you uh, if you yeah, brine the corn for longer yeah, than like thirty can't minutes. A yeah, I'm a big um, I'm a big cooler guy. I've got yeah. a lot of coolers. Well, if coolers. if yeah, when I move back down y'all's way, I'll definitely be acquiring a few more. Uh, Nana Sports chat box. Dylan has a question, real quick. We got to hit, so we're gonna hit a break. Uh, let's go ahead, Phil. Actually, hit a break now. Let's do it. And yeah, maximize our time with Taylor. Yeah. We're going to have to get a break right before Taylor comes on. But Dylan's got a question about start one, bench one, cut one. These are fun. Uh, Rashad Faison, Co Simpson, and DJ Swearinger. In oh. uh, well, we're all celebrating because Carolina's finally got safeties that can play for the first yeah. time in <laughs> ten years. And Emin Warre and DQ Smith. Those are uh, all. So, those are all guys. By the way, that if you told them to their face that you were going to cut them, they would tackle you, and you that would be that'd be it. That'd be where you laid to rest. Yep. So, that would, that would, those guys will. I'm knock not going to participate in this question. Yeah, no, I know. I think I may plead the fifth here. <laughs> and knock your dingleberries in the dirt. How about that? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Yep. can I say that on YouTube? That's I guess fine, YouTube. Yeah. yeah. Dingleberries. So anyway, all right, we'll be back. 
The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama. Columbia and go game Pops. Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182. Gamecock Nation, JB here, and I'm here to tell you about my new favorite painting company, A Couple of Painters. These guys are the best. Gamecock fans and excellent painters, and by far the best and easiest quote I've received. They're licensed in both South Carolina and Georgia. They offer 10% off for military, repeat customers, or if you heard it on the show, commercial and residential painting, deck, fence, and cabin staining, cabinet and furniture refinishing. They'll even remove popcorn ceilings and wallpaper, and they offer pressure washing. Find them on Facebook or call 803-522-6832. A couple of painters, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues, and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. Oh, I feel that, man. My head hurts, but I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy Matthew Odom today from Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California. Yeah, I heard that monthly fee's low too, so I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh, Do you have 843-699-1001 as Matt's contact number? Yeah, man, I sure do that, or you can go to heritagedigital.com. Man, I hear they do a no-cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) I'm getting on that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. This is former All-American shortstop Drew Meyer, and you're listening to Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Go Gamecocks. Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show brought to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. Give John Barber and his team a call, 803-446-4662, to schedule a no-obligation consultation about how they can turn your backyard into an outdoor retreat, as well as the first hour being sponsored by Cindy Searfoss and the Coldwell Banker Kane Realty Team here in the upstate. Give Cindy and her team a call, 864-414-5271. They'll be happy to talk to you and help you about all of your upstate residential real estate needs. 
So pulling up the question here from the award-winning Nano's Porch chat box, fellas. Dylan asks, as we said, bench one, cut one, start one. Safety edition. Rashad Faison, Co Simpson, and DJ Swearinger. Well, I don't know. I saw Rashad a few months ago and talked to him. Uh, who Actually, he currently works with former coach uh, Dave Roberts in uh, Dave Roberts' business, now their Columbia-based business. But, uh, yeah, he looked like he'd still whoop your ass. So, uh, I don't know who to pick here because, you know, DJ <laughs> looks like he's still in full league form. <laughs> I'll, maybe I'll, maybe I'll cut Cole for I'll the fact that it. I haven't seen him in the past year. Yeah, well, Cole didn't – it didn't last as long as DJ in the NFL, but I'm, I'm just going to go on what they did as game Gamecocks, okay? Yeah. <laughs> and y'all, it's going to be sacrilege. Some of you may be mad at me. Some of you may be upset. Some of you may have your feelings hurt, but mm, you know, uh, I really don't care about your feelings. I mean, I care about your feelings if they're legit. Not if you get sad over a hypothetical. Uh, good question, Dylan, by the way. For three dots. Um, I'm benching Faison. I'm sorry. I'm benching Swearinger. I'm cutting Faison. I'm starting Co. Oh. And I'll tell you why. Because uh, of uh, ball skills. (laughs) Now, you want to get in the tough man contest? I'm I'm not I'm not benching or cutting Rashad Faison or DJ Swearinger or Co. Simpson. Uh, right. And I would, if we're just playing the run, I'm probably a little different. Now, Co was really good against the run too. Co was a good, really good tackler, guys. Yes, he uh, was. He'd not, he'd, mm-hmm. Like I said, he'd not get the next week. DJ was not bad at coverage. Neither was Rashad. I do remember Faison dropping a, a sure pick six at the swamp in 2000 when the Gamecocks. Uh, I don't know. Spurs probably going to rally in that game anyway. But it had been 28 to three at that point. Carolina wins that. They go to Atlanta year two of the Lou Holtz era. I'm not saying I don't forgive him for that, okay? Because I, I I don't hold I don't I didn't hold that against him. I don't hold, uh, you know, we, we talked about James Atkinson one day uh, here, and I, I don't hold his drops against him or anything like that. But if you're just looking at it like if I have to answer the question, which I do, you know, I, I try to answer everything. That's where I'm going, and it's just because Co. Just like, I don't know what it was. He would bait quarterbacks into throwing them the ball. I mean, he that guy was just elite. On the college level now, that guy was elite. DJ was too, and so was Rashad. But I think as far as the safety position goes, that, that's how I'd probably work it. And I know you guys disagree with me, and that's all good. Great question, Dylan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I actually – I'm going to plead the fifth on this one. I, I wouldn't disagree with <laughs> I wouldn't disagree with anybody's whatever they wanted. It's to a tough one. It's that's, like, that's hey, a really good. That's a good, fun yeah, July it, question it, going into football. Yeah, you know, I, I, Connor Shaw, or you know, people try to compare Shaw and Garcia a lot. I'm like, love them both. You know, Terrence is in the chat box. By the way, he usually listens to the podcast the next day, but was able to catch the live. Cool. What's hey, up, man? clowns? What's up, well, Terrence? Nice to see you, Terrence. Thanks I for being you, here. I, I would probably start DJ just because he had a hell of an arm, too. And I'm referencing the 45 yards and penalties he picked up in the Arkansas game in a matter of about 15 seconds. Uh, <laughs> because he, uh, he, he, he was, yeah, he was. Uh, and he tossed it in the end zone, and Tommy threw, uh, threw it out of the end zone. Tommy's like, who cares? Yeah, he's like, who cares? 
right. Suggs did a who cares to Bob Fulton one time, too. He was like, Carolina's going to be assessed for 15 yard. And he's like, who cares? Well, who cares? Was, who cares? <laughs> that was, uh, wasn't that Brandon's leap? May have been. Hmm. No, because the time ran out. If there'd have been a penalty, well. No, I, you can still throw call a penalty there. I mean, maybe they still so. Have, they still have an extra point technically to kick, so that's why he probably yeah. said who cares because it didn't matter. I thought that was Brandon's leap in Athens. Could have been, could have mm-hmm. been. So, but uh, yeah, so that that would be my my. Um, I guess that my answer to that question. So, Phil, you uh, said Rashad still looks like he's in playing form, playing shape. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, Rashad, yeah, might might a couple extra pounds maybe, but you could tell he's still, uh, you know, he could still get at it. Yeah, <laughs> he man, could he still could... get at it. And I know yeah, DJ was... can because I follow him on, you know, Twitter and all that. And it's, I think up until about six months ago, he was posting daily workouts. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's, like, he, he's, he's trying to get one more year in the league, one more year. Mm-hmm. And he, and he's on, a, he's on, uh, lifetime pension and benefits with yep. the NFL. Mm-hmm. So he's trying to get signed for one more year. And I hope he does. Because oh, me too. Yeah, yeah. And if we're talking the NFL, mm-hmm. he lasted longer than both those guys. I mean, he's yeah. lasted. Uh, he he's oh, yeah. he as far as NFL goes. If you're just looking at performance at that level, I'd probably go DJ, uh, Co. And then Rashad. You know, Rashad didn't get drafted, but Rashad was just a great college football player. He's yeah, yeah. who, like those of you that are too young to remember Rashad Faison. He is what I hope Sherrod Golightly would be. But I, I just don't ever think Sherrod got there. He, I think that he was, was the a little idea. Sherrod, though. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He was built. He was like 5'11", 195, and would knock you into next week. I mean, just a great tackler. And, and back then, Charlie Strong played a, a like a 3-3-5, which is a, an interesting 3-3-5 because Carolina never really had a great nose tackle. But they had kind of some stand-up blitzing guys and, and good enough linebacker. And then they had these things, the, the Spurs. Um Ellis Johnson also used a spur, but it was different. Uh, Faison was the spur, the original spur. Um, and you think of all the great players that have played spur, Devontae Hollum and Antonio Allen, who Quantrell mentioned in the chat mm-hmm. box, who also was one of the most underrated playmakers of all time uh, by the time he was done. That's an example. Antonio Allen is why you don't give up on players. You know, he comes yeah. in, they signed him. People they thought Spur Jr. had signed him. Just because he wanted to sign Dion LaCorn. LaCorn had a good freshman year and then kind of bombed out. They're from the same school. Uh, Allen is on the bench for two years, play special teams. The next thing you know, toward the end of 2010 and then all of 2011, that dude's all SEC. Uh, and, and, you know, Darian Stewart was before him at the spur position when Ellis came in. So uh, all the great players, Rashad Faison was the original spur. For those of you who are kind of wondering about that spot, uh, they don't have a spur now. They call it a nickel. Hmm. I wish they'd. Uh, I wish they called a spur. Clint says, "Ask Cal Parker about Antonio Allen." Yeah, that was what. That was when the magic of Antonio Allen started. To, we all kind of started going, "Huh, this guy's really good. Got a nose for the ball." Well, there's a, there was a that that stretch in there. I mean, Dar- Dar- um, Darren Stewart was awesome. Um, yeah. Went on played in the NFL as well. You mentioned Sherrod. won a Super Bowl, Super yeah. Bowl, yeah, with the Broncos. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, those guys. There, there was a time in there where there was, and 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 that you know there was some flexibility in what they did too. I mean, we remember what Devon, you know, Devonte Hallman could play two or three different positions if he really had to at Carolina. So, yeah, there was. Um, 
I mean, would you? In my lifetime, Carolina has had some just really, truly outstanding secondary members. Um, oh, they're all I mean, over the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, Captain Summer Marlin my... played. Yeah, you well, know, Antonio Allen played corner for the Jets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember it well. I mean, I th- th- some of my favorite guys though are, are some that didn't even you know spend time in the NFL. I mean, when I was a kid. I loved watching Tony Watkins and Lee Wiggins play football. I mean, uh, Tony Watkins was another guy who he he's, he he probably wouldn't last long in today's game. You know, these guys they didn't care about helmet to helmet and targeting mm. and stuff like that. Okay. They, that's what they were doing. They were targeting. They were trying. You're right. To yeah. Tony, <laughs> Tony Watkins was an assassin, and and he he may be like in my Gamecock lifetime, he may be the original spur, even though they didn't call it a spur. You know, the, the, one of those tough guys in the secondary. But you go all the way through. I mean, think about this. Uh, in the in the class of 06, that was Spurrier's lowest-rated class. Uh, and, and, you know, Ron Cooper called a lot of crap around here when he was here, but he was really, really good at finding guys that could play. Uh, Darian Stewart was a low three-star, high two-star kid from Huntsville, Alabama, Coop's hometown, was committed. He flipped him from Southern Miss, only other offer. Captain Munnerlin only had it was from Mobile, was about an inch short uh, for the big guys. But Coop found out he could play, and uh, he had Kansas State. That was his only other offer. Um, Eric Norwood uh, had an offer from Auburn, and then it got rescinded. And so they got Eric Norwood in that class. Then they got the Brinkley brothers out of JUCO in that class. Uh, and Cooper's best evaluation, guys, because uh, I'll never forget because – Somebody, I won't mention the name, called me up and was like, what in the hell are they doing taking this guy? Uh, Offensive lineman was 6'2 365 on his visit. Uh, Not exactly the body type you're looking for in the SEC. But Coop insisted that they take him as first. Oh, hell, we'll just take him. He's a big old guy. And uh, that ended up being uh, Rokevius Watkins. Rock. Who plowed the – he and Pat DeMarco, you can ask, uh, you know, uh, Marcus Lattimore how valuable Rokevius Watkins at guard and then Pat DeMarco was at fullback when they played him at fullback that freshman season Marcus had when they won the East. And then then I'd be daggummed if Watkins didn't slide out and play left tackle the whole next year and a game pass went 11-2. and two. Uh, And so – uh, shout out to Ron Cooper. I mean, he, he wasn't a guy that was ever going to go get you four-star guys, and he drove me crazy because he'd never offer kids in Atlanta and that was his territory or whatever. But he found some players, man. He found some players during his time at South Carolina. So hats off to Ron Cooper wherever you're at right now. I think he was in Arkansas last, uh, last time I checked where he was. So uh, hats off to him for that because Carolina at the time, that early Spurrier era where – the defense was kind of, you know, ahead of the offense or whatever. You know, uh, Ron Cooper deserves a lot of credit. Tyrone Nix, too, for bringing in some of those guys, those superstars, ended up going to play in the NFL and were parts of those great defenses. Yeah, they could, they could, uh, they could find players. There's Carolina, and that's the name of the game in South Carolina. You, you gotta, you gotta have a blue collar mentality, and you gotta be able to to go find players because you know when the Georgias and the Alabamas walk into the walk into the room. They're going to get noticed pretty quickly. Taylor Edwards knows how to find players as well, and he's due up here in just a couple of minutes. So I guess we'll hit our what will be final timeout of our number one. We still have some baseball and stuff to get to. By the way, 
Tennessee is a baseball program that has turned itself around significantly, although they didn't make it to Omaha last year when Kyle Peterson thought they were the best baseball team he'd ever seen at the collegiate level, which I respect Kyle Peterson's opinion. They didn't get there, though. However, they may be under some deep investigation for the recruitment of their supposedly supposed to be starting shortstop. So that's something we'll get to a little bit later on in the program but for now we'll hit a timeout when when we return the Gamecocks director of player personnel Taylor Edwards will join us right here on Inside the Gamecocks the show I love the smell of napalm in the morning oh, easy he's got a tiger by the tail he has he better hang on too people have spoken Nana's porch was voted the third best food truck or trailer by the Charlotte newspaper public poll also their pimento cheese mmm took third in a contest exclusively for products made in the state of North Carolina. I will let Noah Hall tell you about the rest. Nana's Porch, Southern Cuisine with an Uptown Twist. We're well into the new year and the days of being back in the pool and boat are quickly approaching. Many of us don't have the time to hit the gym, but Charleston Fitness Equipment can change that for you. Outfit your home with a treadmill, elliptical, or my favorite, a home rower that allows you to row with the pros all over the world. They have free weights, home gyms, flooring, and much more that makes keeping or getting in shape much more convenient. Located in Mount Pleasant, visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com for more. Get in shape like our Gamecocks. Charleston Fitness Equipment, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks. Cock Nation, do you need a place to stay for the big game? Many hotel booking engines keep all the commissions, but at Fan Plans, you support inside the Gamecocks, still earn your hotel loyalty points, and you receive an email with direct confirmation from the hotel. Whether you are visiting Columbia to cheer on Carolina or hitting the road to follow the team, get in the stands with Fan Plans. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Uh, this is Coach O. Now back to the show. Go Tigers. In the soul. Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, everybody. Presented to you by Express Sunrooms in Columbia. Give John and his team a call, 803-446-4662. Talk about getting some more sunshine into your life. And, of course, first hour brought to you by Cindy Searfoss and the Coldwell Banker Kane Realty team in Spartanburg. 864-414-5271 is how to get in touch with her. And we're joined now on the McKellar Enterprises guest line by none other than the Director of Player Personnel, Taylor Edwards. Good morning, Taylor. Happy to have you. We appreciate your time. Good morning, guys. How are you guys? Doing well. I was wondering if he was going to be our third in about three days to not uh, turn the uh, turn the volume on. I kept looking at that little <laughs> microphone. Who had it? Monty had a tough time with it. Wingo had a tough time with it. I had, yeah, I had, a I had plenty of practice during the COVID days with the Zoom calls. <laughs> yeah. and everything, so take care, man. Light on your feet. Dude, how yeah, did you just, do that? Like, what was that like every day? Uh, you know what? It's funny. We we actually still do. Uh, we've got three Zoom calls tonight with recruits. Um, we do it. We go about it a little differently um, because it's obviously not a not COVID and B 
the phone call restrictions and whatnot. But uh, it works out really well for us because, um, as you guys well know, we're trying to tap into that northeastern mid-Atlantic area a lot more than maybe what's been done here in the past. And um, so those guys that are outside that five-hour radius, if you will, um, try to get those guys on a Zoom call and just kind of give them a brief overview of what we have to show and uh, meet our people and personnel and um, and hopefully entice them once this thing uh, comes off of a dead period in March that they'll make a trip south and see us and, and visit with us. So do you like do, – do you like – does Shane like get up with the phone and walk around the facility? Is like, okay, here's the here's the Peggy Swales movie theater, and this is Darius's recording studio. No, and so it's it, we have it, it's actually they do a really good job, um, Jess and on campus, and and our director, uh, or Jess and on campus, and then um, Justin King and his staff over in Creative Media. They um, they've done a, did a really good job of kind of scripting it out, and each you know, each little, each, each portion flows into the next really nicely. And they've got really good videos about the Doty and on campus and the environment will be on a Saturday night and all that good stuff. So um, there's videos that kind of help introduce everything. And then, you know, if we're talking about academics and the Doty, the video will conclude and then we'll have somebody from our academic staff on there to kind of answer any questions, follow up, give any brief overviews. So it works out really nicely. It's, it, it's, it's well put together, well thought out, and we've had a lot of success from it. So you guys just uh, may not be completely done yet in, in terms of the portal, but at least with high school guys, the, the, this class on paper seemed to be a step forward, very heavy with, uh, I think it's the, on paper, it's the best offensive line class South Carolina signed since I've been covering it. Uh, you know, number 16 in the country, uh, you know, you broke into the the DMV like gangbusters uh, with Emmy Azulu, of course Nick Harbor, Zabari Sandy, Big Tree Babalade. You know, take us back through that that 2023 class because I don't think people understand this either when they're kind of evaluating things. Uh, it is technically Shane Beamer's and, and your third class, but it's really the first full cycle you guys had because of COVID because it didn't open up really. Uh, until till when June of, of 2021, right? And so, the, the, this is the first group you guys have been able to go out and kind of you know deal with the entire you know for the for the you know the normal amount of time that, that most schools do. No, you're exactly right. I mean, I you know, Coach Beamer, I thought did a great job of making the message loud and clear for the entire building and the organization, and um, was very adamant that you know, um, this first full cycle is kind of the the backbone, if you will, of what we're going to try to do here. And, uh, you know, it's, it's hopefully a clear indicator of the direction that he's got this place headed in. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it was in, like you touched on it, JC, like in the 2022 group, you know, we spent six, seven months roughly recruiting those guys from behind a computer screen. So, you know, you're already, you know, like we're already, we've already got our teeth sunk into the 24 class way before today. So, you know, going back to 2022, like a lot of those programs that were recruiting the same kids we were as a new staff had already had them on campus and visited with them, shown them facilities. We didn't have that luxury until the summertime. So, um, you know, we were we were kind of fighting up a, a, an uphill battle. I thought we had a good group in the 22 class. And, um, you know, we've certainly hit on some guys like Nick Eamon Morey and DQ Smith that, you know, maybe weren't the most highly recruited player in the country. But, 
Um, they've certainly um, played above their head, if you will, the first year uh, as a Gamecock. But, um, yeah, this this 23, going back to the 23 group, this 23 group is just – it was – we knew it needed to be different, you know what I mean? And it needed to be special in a lot of different areas. Obviously, everything starts up front on offense and defense. Um, so, you know, I think Jimmy did a great job with the D-line, getting Elijah Davis and Xavier McLeod, two highly recruited defensive tackles. And, um, you know, uh, Sterling Lucas did a great job with with his position as well on the, on, on the outside at D-N, uh, outside backer. And then, um, you know, as you mentioned, the, the offensive line class, I mean, it was one of a pretty impressive haul. I mean, we're very excited. The guys that are already here have looked really impressive through winter workouts, and um, they're doing a great job. And obviously we're – few months away or a month and a half away and we'll be seeing that new 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 group show up so i'm ready to get them all here man i mean i think there's still some playmakers especially in the wide receiver room that are going to get in here and be able to impress early and impact a room early and um i'm just excited about what uh what we were able to accomplish in 2023 with recruiting no doubt no doubt i love uh, i love clint's comment there he he obviously saying it tongue in cheek because he knows taylor can't comment on future prospects and who's the next carolina i want to i want to follow up on something you said because jc brought up the dmv and and i saw shane a couple of weeks ago he was down here in, in charleston and he was uh kind of telling the story of 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 what is now a very popular story the, the nick harbor story and how that thing had kind of gone to the wire i know y'all felt pretty good about it for a while but clearly overnight some some things changed what was your morning like what did he call you first thing in the morning and like kind of kind of walk us through those last few hours before he actually finally got on national television and pretty much made it public no i mean i i, I i'm not even out like i'm taking credit for something that i didn't do by any means a lot of it was uh sterling lucas jody wright obviously coach beamer all those guys were very heavily involved with what was going on um to make a long story real short man we all woke up and i didn't have one personally but I, trust me i i heard about it bright and early that you know he had sent a voice message to a couple of coaches saying hey like had a change of heart i'm leaning in a different direction i don't know if it's going to work out for us now but you know i want to keep a relationship yada 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 one of those things so everybody was kind of feeling down um and then once Sterling and I got to the office and we were able to link up, I mean, we were able to get the parents and the kid on a Zoom call and had 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 some good, honest, open conversations about things. And, um, you know, things started, I, I think, at the end of the day, guys, I mean, I, I, you know, our, our you got a bunch of different pillars in recruiting, you know, the identification, the evaluation, all that stuff. But the, the, those pillars stand on one foundation and it's relationships. And what I'm most proud about with that whole situation with him is, you know, a lot of, as the kids say, the bag was bigger at other places. I rest assured on that, but um, we won. I mean, we, the kid wanted to be here and, and I, and I, that, I, I can't stress that enough. I mean, coach Beamer from day one, when he was out in the parking lot, opened the door for him and the kid didn't even know who the head coach was. And his high school coach said, the head coach opened the door for you. You realize that, right? And he was like, really? I mean, just, it was, from that moment on, like we just, I don't know if I can say this on air, but I'm going to say it. We kicked everybody's ass in recruiting. And, and when I say recruiting, I mean the relationship piece of it. And it was plain and simple. Yeah, yeah You mentioned earlier you're excited about some receivers coming in. I, I thought what Shane said about Harbor playing receiver to start with is a little bit of a, a game changer in terms of like my personal expectations uh, for his first year because you look at that room – 
there's a lot of talent there, but there's not. And look, it sounds it's obviously there's not a lot of players like him in the country. Yeah. But but you know, the Gamecocks are sort of missing like that six five guy. You know, the 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 guy that can also run like him. Uh, if he can go up and get it at all, I'd have to think. Uh, as opposed to like tight end or somewhere, his chances of playing early are probably a little higher just because of diversity that you want to get on the field at that position. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, he um, he obviously brings something to a room that doesn't have it right now. There's no question about that, just from an athleticism and a skill set standpoint. Um, you know, receivers typically can get on the field a little earlier in their career because you don't have to have the strength at the point of attack like most people or most positions have to have. For example, a tight end or uh, a defensive end, outside linebacker, whatever you want to call it, rush in. Um, so those two positions, it typically takes a little bit more of a maturation process. But at tight at, uh, at receiver, I mean, if you can run and catch, you got a chance as long as you can learn the offense and know what to do and hit your landmarks on plays and um, and be sound in fundamentals. And, and and Justin will do a good job of getting him taught up and 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 ready to go. I, you know, I, I'm like I, I said this earlier. I'm excited about a lot of those guys. I mean, I think. I don't think we've got anybody uh, around here that can do the things that Kelton Henderson can do. I mean, that, that some of his camp footage from the uh, Under Armour game was super impressive. Obviously, Tyshawn Russell that we signed out of the Northeast. I'm incredibly excited about him. Um, you know, we, we've got a couple guys. I, I'm, I, I'll be honest with you. I'm glad we hired Coach Loggins, man, because we were all kind of on the fence uh, throughout the whole process about Elijah Caldwell. And not that we didn't think he was a good player. We knew he was a good player. That's why we were on the fence. We were like, you know, and we already had a couple guys committed. And and, and Coach Loggins came in and said, you know what, I'm the offensive coordinator, and this guy, I, I want this guy on my football team. And um, Coach Beamer was like, heck, yeah, let's go. And we all kind of just went all in, and it kind of came down between us and NC State there in the end, and we were able to win – uh, a close race to the finish line. And, you know, guys like that, you know, you see all the time, like I used DQ and I used Nicky Memorial earlier on the defensive side of the ball. You know, it's just something different about a South Carolina kid putting that garnet and black on and playing for his state school. Um, typically when it's third and one, fourth and one late in the game, you want those guys on the field because it matters to them most. So, you know, we'll see what happens, but I think we got to, we, we end up having a really good haul at receiver. There's a long line of receivers from the state that have come to South Carolina that other schools have passed on. Uh, done pretty daggum well, including Debo Samuel right now uh, for the 49ers. So, yeah, that's, that, that is a a sound observation by yourself and uh, Dowell Loggins. Can, can I follow up on that real quick, guys? I, I, I want to ask you, because, Taylor, you've been at Maryland, been in Arkansas, Alabama, um, I'm miss. I'm missing something. I know. Stanford, I am. UAB. I was about to be UAB. very impressed. Uh, UAB Jackson State. and Jacksonville State, right? Jacksonville State. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, how does this state compare? Like, uh, I, I answer it however you want to, and forgive me if I'm a little off base on the question. But Maryland, Arkansas, the state of Alabama, the state of South Carolina—they're not Texas. They're not Florida. They're not California. Uh, they're not Georgia, uh, which is, certainly puts out plenty of players. Um, so, so you have to know how to recruit these states, right, Taylor? Like, there, there is something to it. Uh, you, you can't just throw out 100 offers. You probably have to be fairly selective in which offers you do throw out, and you want to make sure that those are committable offers. Like, kind of explain that if you can, how you recruit a state like this um, with the amount of players or quality players that are in it. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously, as you mentioned, you know, when you think about the DMV and, and, and I guess really you can just say DC and Maryland, like there's probably a few more 
players as far as highly rated players out of that area. Obviously, Georgia, um, South Carolina is, is definitely better than some states that I've been to, but maybe not as good as others, like you like you were just mentioning. Um, you know, at the end of the day, like our philosophy here, and it doesn't really matter, and I, I'm not trying to avoid your question, I promise, JB, but at the end of the day, like it doesn't really matter what state you're from. The thing that Coach Beamer preaches and harps on year in and year out, especially this time of year when we're watching a lot of film and coaches want to offer this guy or offer that guy, his whole thing is like he wants an offer from the University of South Carolina and Shane Beamer to mean something to a kid. When you get that offer, it is committable. You know, there's not a whole lot of games that will be played if we extend that verbal offer to you. We want it to mean something from us. That's why you see a lot of guys, the guys that we verbally offer, we send offer letters to on August the 1st. You don't see a lot of guys that posted an offer from us in March and then come August 1, August 2, they're not posting anything from us because it wasn't real. So coach is very big on that, whether it's in-state or out-of-state. Um, you know, I, I don't care what state you are, Arkansas, Mississippi, any state you want to be loyal to your locals is what I say, what I call it. And 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 when you do offer a kid in-state, you never want to back – you never want to – unless they create a problem, you never want to back out. You want to be able to take that offer or take that commitment from an in-state kid and be all in, if you will, um, if you decide to pull that trigger on, on, on a kid in your state. Because at the end of the day, like I said, like these are the kids that are going to lay it on the line for you. And, and, and you got to have great relationships with high school coaches. you got to have great relationships with people that run seven-on-sevens and camps and whatever else – you know, we call it our sphere of influence. Coach Beamer calls it the sphere of influence. So anybody that's connected to that kid, which are going to be the guys or the men or women in your state, you want to have good relationships with. And the quickest way to burn that bridge, so to speak, is to retract scholarship offers and leave somebody high dry. You visited the state of Georgia. I've always had a philosophy. South Carolina needs to get the right players out of Georgia. I think you, there's so many guys over there. You get lost sometimes and, uh, there's been coaches come through here have gotten burnt. I thought the staff right before you guys improved that. Y'all are going next level, though. I mean, the, these kids you're getting out of Georgia right now uh, are, I mean, they're they're blue chip guys. Georgia can't take them all. They're going a little more national. Um, but you're beating the Auburns and Tennessees and Floridas and Florida States and uh, sometimes Clemson uh, down there uh, on guys. Uh, speak to that and because I think that's an underrated thing people don't talk about enough because uh, you know the, the DMV is like a shiny new toy in the Northeast it's like oh well they can go there and you know South Carolina's always recruited Georgia but the, there just seems to be something different about the Georgia kids you guys are getting compared to maybe in years past you know I mean it, as far as speaking to the caliber kid I mean you know every everybody every staff every situation is different um, the thing that I, I just always kind of go back to, and, and, it, and this it, everything flows downhill, right? And when it starts with Coach Beamer at the top, just his philosophy, his mindset, the way he treats, way he treats us as as staff members, the way he treats coaches, you know, that just it, it can't help but make its way into homes of kids and into high schools. And when they get on campus, it just feels different for them right now. I mean, I, I, I it's. It's so cliche, and but it's hard to explain, and it, it truly just – it's just – it's different. I mean, I, you know, there's a thing called momentum, and I think that we've got a lot of positive momentum right now. It's our job to continue to capitalize off of that. Um, but, you know, even when the momentum may die down a little bit, 
you know, as soon as we get guys on campus, it seems to just kind of all of a sudden pick back up because of the, just the, the feel. I mean, just guys come here and it's just not it's not just your your status quo visit. I mean, like I said, our staff super involved, super, super hands on. And and all that starts at the top with just the way Coach Beamer is himself. I, I said this a couple of weeks ago. We met as a staff on personnel. I mean, I don't I would put Coach Beamer's work ethic in recruiting. Uh, forget coaching. I'd put his work in recruiting up against anybody. I mean, I, I sometimes feel bad at the workload that I give him, but he gets it all. He always gets it done. It doesn't matter if I tell him to text these 20 kids or these 10 kids like he's always going to do it. He may sigh a little bit and be like, dang, you know, I'm, I was going to go do that. But he always gets it done. And I think just his mentality and his mindset, his work ethic, it can't help but find its way to the staff, um, whether it be position coaches, myself, Jessica over on campus, whoever it is. I mean, it's just it's it's contagious. And I think that when guys come on campus, it's it's just different. And, you know, I'm glad to be a part of it because I think we got something really special brewing. And, um, you know, hopefully we can kind of keep this so, so to speak, momentum going. That word momentum. Y'all beat y'all. You said the word ass earlier. I'm going to use it again here. You, <laughs> you, you beat Tennessee's ass. There's no doubt. But then you beat Clemson. Did you did you? What happened after that? Did, what did that game do for y'all? Did it do anything for you from a recruiting standpoint? Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's kind of like <laughs> when, when it, you know when you think back, like you know, and, and then like it's funny because how everything feeds off of everything, right? I mean, positive and negative, it always feeds off of each other. And like you know, you get the big win against Tennessee, and we play really, really well, and then we bounce back and. You know, that was kind of back and forth against Clemson. We end up coming out on top. Um, and then that kind of just rolls right into recruiting. And, you know, you really didn't feel it. And then next thing you know, boom, you pop a guy like Nick Harbor and you get him signed and you're like, whoa. And, and it's, it's you know, it, it's it's kind of like, okay, like even kids say, all right, well, I guess South Carolina's here to play ball. And it's it's fun because there there might be a guy that would be a little bit more difficult uh, than normal to get on the phone, but he's a little bit easier, a little bit more responsive now. And you know it's all about how you capitalize on it. You know I, I'm, I was very thankful for the dead period in February. We needed the break to catch our wind a little bit, but it kind of like there, there's always in the back of my mind, man, if we could have, who knows what could have happened uh, if we could have kept things rolling because we got a couple of commits right there the last week of January. Um, if you could have got another guy on campus or two, you never know. But, you know, we're sitting pretty for 2024. And I think that um, I know I can't remember the gentleman's name that asked the question earlier. I can't name names, but I, you know, I'm optimistic that Gamecock Nation will be pretty happy here in the next couple of weeks to close out the month of February. Was one of you – did one of you have plans to ask him about their calendar, JC? I, I was Phil? just about to follow up with that. Yeah, Taylor, I'm like, what, what are your thoughts on the recruiting calendar? Because it's like there is oh. no break anymore. You get these little yeah. brief dead windows and, you know, it's just, you know, straight I, out, right? I don't really have – I'll, I'll be the first to admit, I don't really have like a big squabble about the calendar. I'm, I'm kind of – I mean, this is year 10, so I'm, I'm kind of used to it now, right? Now, right. the one thing that I wish that – the that they would do, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep they as a blanket deal. I don't, I'm not gonna point fingers at any one, one entity, if you will. But the one thing I wish they would do is, is, is change it to where there's only one transfer portal window. I mean, like the fact that we've got to hold our tails twice a year, and you know, I mean, look, you, you never know who's talking to who, and 
Um, you know, whether people want to admit it or not, there's there's phone calls and text messages and whatever else being passed between people that create problems. I mean, I, I, again, I'm not I'm not saying that somebody's right or wrong. I'm kind of like, you know, when you live in a glass house, you don't cast stones, right? But you know, not everybody's no, nobody's perfect. Um, everybody makes mistakes. But at the end of the day, I just I just wish we knew what our football team was going to look like. Um, going into the season, and you can't really say that because you still got this one transfer portal window that you you have to kind of survive and advance through, and hopefully nothing crazy happens. I think we're in a great spot. Um, you know, I mean, it's a blessing and a curse for us this year. There's a few spots that we need to address still. Um, I think we'll be able to do that during that time period, but um, hopefully everybody is th- that's here on our team right now is here to stay, and um, that, that would be my only thing is just, hey, look, you want to do it, Wait until after the bowl season, so everybody has a fair fair shot in the bowl games. And you know, I mean, I, I'll I'll say it. I, I, nobody else might not might want to admit this, but I'm sure people in Notre Dame country would probably disagree with me. But I think we win that game if we got a full deck of cards. And you know, that kind of stinks because guys that are still here right now. I mean, we should be celebrating that victory, in my opinion. And it, I wish they would wait until the end of the season, into the bowl season, and then have a transfer portal window. I, I'm all for that. But then after one, it's over with. And you kind of have everybody knows what they're dealing with after that. Why do they not? Like, what are the pros and cons of the, you know, I, I think there will, there, there's some conversations out there right now um, that I, I foresee. I don't know. I'm, I'm not privileged, privileged, privileged to a lot of those talks, but um, just things that I hear talking to, to, to people in the industry. I do think that they're probably going to, do it uh, and, and only limit it to one time period. Um, and they're probably actually going to shrink it instead of having 45 days, it may be 15. Um, yeah. I mean, you're talking about a roller coaster, but yeah, I mean, and, and I think, I think it's coming. I just think it's funny because like these, these policies and these rules and these regulations, they get, they get passed out and you almost sometimes wonder like how much thought went into this, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to be, I don't want anybody like hot on my trail because of something I say, but I'm just like, dang, I wish, I wish they'd have done something different, but the right people get, you know, bothered by it and it usually typically changes. So I know coach had his SEC uh, head coaches meetings a couple of weeks ago in Birmingham. And a lot of this was, was obviously hot topics. So um, usually when the right people in our league get fired up, good things happen. So um, <laughs> hopefully it'll, uh, hopefully all right. one, all in, right. one in particular. Right. Yeah. All, all right. right. All right. All right. <laughs> This is kind of pisses me off, all right? <laughs> anyway, hey, Mario Anderson Jr., man, I hear good things. Uh, a lot of the fans may not realize how good that kid is. Uh, tell us about him. That's that's a interesting find to get to, to get a kid from um, yeah, D2 I mean, like that. That's you know, that good. Talking to a lot of people from his hometown and, 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 uh, and high school coaches, I mean, they seem to think that, you know, he – was probably a little under recruited coming out of high school. Obviously, had a very good career at Newberry. Um, he's doing a great job. Um, it's kind of funny. It's hard for me to talk about any of these newcomers super positive right now because yeah. Luke Day and his crew are um, killing them uh, over in the weight <laughs> room as we speak. Actually, so they um, they definitely they're definitely there's an adjustment here. Um, I don't care where you come from. I don't care how old you are. How how young you are. Um, you come into this weight room and, and, and this program from a strength and conditioning standpoint, there is an adjustment. And, um, you know, some guys look better than early, better than others early. Some guys look a little, little like out of place, if you will. But 
somehow, some way, when that football gets rolled out there and it becomes football again, they start to shine. But, you know, not only him. I mean, he, he's done a great job um, coming to work every day, that that lunch pail mentality. And, and, and But he's, he's a – there's a lot of other ones, too, that have done a really, really good job early on um, uh, in this whole process. I want to squeeze Final one question, quick one Taylor. In. Go ahead. Yeah. I just want to squeeze one quick one in real quick, if you don't mind, JC. Just in in your words, Taylor, because you see it pretty much from all angles. How would you describe Coach Loggins? He's awesome, man. I mean, I you know, I, look, he, he's he's done a phenomenal job of of coming in and just keeping things exactly how Coach Beamer wanted them in terms of just the the, the outlook and the positivity and the mindset. Um and, and just helping further build our culture that was already in place. Um, I think he's a fantastic football mind. thing I'm super excited about him is, you know, he's obviously got an NFL background, so he's going to force teams to play you honest on Saturdays, but he's also going to use his college personnel and, and, and college minds to make sure that it's something that they can handle and execute, uh, play in and play out. So, um, Great dude, great family. His family just got here. I've been his kids been on my mind for the last two days because they they're starting their stint over at uh, at Hammond. So they had their little shadow day yesterday, and they're getting the ball rolling over there. So obviously a big adjustment for him. I I was joking with him last night that I went had to go to dinner by myself for the first time since he got here because I'm I'm like the, I'm like the only I, actually I am the only bachelor on the staff. So I love new hires because the family's not here yet. So I've got somebody to. I've got somebody to go out and have a cocktail with or grab dinner with every now and then. Cause usually I'm like, I'm flying solo. And then he, uh, he, uh, he, he moved to town and he obviously his family hadn't made the move yet. So it was like, Hey, you want to go to dinner? Yep. You want to go to dinner? Yep. So it was awesome. No. Hey, uh, final question. It looks like uh, the NIL situation in South Carolina is getting a lot better quickly. What can fans do to help that, uh, help that situation um, moving forward? And, uh, your assessment of it right now? Yeah, you know, obviously we uh, probably maybe took our, our bumps early, if you will, um, in that whole process, but seemingly have gotten things on the right track. I know program, you know, like Carolina Rise, I mean, I, I can't stress enough how how important it is to get involved with these, with, with these programs because that goes straight to our student athletes. It goes straight to recruiting. It, it helps – tremendously on multiple levels. And I know that it's one of those things you sometimes don't necessarily get to see it or feel it right away, but you will feel it in a negative way if you're not involved on the front end. And I mean, it's always, it's kind of one of them things like you get what you pay for, right? And I know that sounds silly in college football, but it's true. It's reality. So I can't stress enough to get involved. Wonderful stuff, man. Taylor, the, only, the, only, the only thing I'll ask you, uh, Taylor, as, as we part ways here on this beautiful afternoon, is that you respect our decision. Absolutely. I, I, I always do, man. Always do. I, I, you know, I, I, just promise me that you'll commit and decommit about four times before we <laughs> All glory to God, man. You respect my decision. Respect okay? my decision. I've been praying for you. So. Yeah, no doubt. You're really good All at right. what you do. We appreciate it. Well, I appreciate it. Thanks, Taylor. Me, man. I always enjoy it. Thanks, right. Taylor. Take care, bud. You have a good day. Yes, sir. Great. Taylor Edwards joining us here on the show. We'll be back after these messages for hour number two. That's a- 
Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. The home of Oventon, Velotric, Magnum Bikes, and more, they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Their electric bikes are equipped with five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle so you can ride longer, handle the heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available for all ages and sizes. Visit electricbikescharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant if you're in the low country. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. The real estate market has changed dramatically from just a year ago. Rates, supply, demand, all of your traditional factors are in a transition phase. That's why if you or someone you know are considering making a move in the low country, contact me, JB, at Coast to Coast Realty. I work with an outstanding support cast of attorneys, lenders, inspectors, insurance agents, and more, all of whom are valuable in helping find a way for you to comfortably make your real estate decision. That's right. Call me, JB, your low country real estate broadcaster. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter, at Mayor Taylor, and find her online at mckellarenterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. You're tuned into Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Sideline it picked off. Brad Edwards will get a convoy. Touchdown, South Carolina. Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, everybody, presented to you by Express Sunrooms of Columbia. Give John and his team a call, 803-446-4662, or shoot them an email, johnb at expresssunrooms.com. They'll be happy to talk to you about how to enclose a porch or patio to protect you from the bugs this summer. Mm. I was just sitting here hearing Patrick Davis in the background, right? No, that was Michael Haney. Yeah, that was Michael Haney. I don't know why I think I hear that Michael Haney song. It makes me think Patrick Davis. Did he produce it or something? Did they work together? Is that a collab? Yeah, or no? they collaborated. Okay, okay. okay. Pat- Patrick. No, I was reading an article about Patrick doing a show in Columbia with his uh, yeah. Midnight Choir that looked really interesting here today. Yeah, he produced that. Haney okay. wrote most of it, but, but Patrick had to, of course, make sure that he had big old cock in there somewhere. Uh, you know, PD, you just can't can't let anybody do their own thing anymore. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Man. We'll have both of those guys on pretty soon, as a matter of fact. Uh, I was just talking to Patrick the other day, and um, yeah, he's got really a new album coming out soon. And Haney's got an album coming out later this year, his first album. So I like the style of Haney's song, it's catchy, too. it's really mm-hmm. good. But, you know, Haney, of course, is on J.C. and Morgan with us uh, a lot. Kind of reprises his role as Mike's former producer and does a great hot job. Five, yeah. Yeah, the Hot Haney Five. Mm-hmm. So there we go. So yeah. it's uh, it's always pretty good. I, t- uh, I tell hey, you what, man. He was, he was when he was on 107.5 The Game, he was he was the man. Haney oh, was yeah. really good at what he did. Haney really was outstanding. I remember that he called me one day. 
I didn't know him all that well, but he, he, you know, I'm not, obviously wasn't in the music industry and never have been, but he, uh, I lived in Nashville at the time and he kind of called me to pick my brain on living up there. And, um, of course he lives there now and it's a, it's a great, great spot to live. I, I don't know that I'll ever go back just because it's become like super duper crowded and, and thus expensive. <laughs> right. It used to kind of be cheap. You know, you're like, Hey, I live in Nashville. Faith Hill and Tim McGraw are eating at the Mexican place near my office. And everybody's just like, Hey Faith, Hey Tim, how you doing? Uh, now it's just like flooded with people. Yeah. Uh, hotels are ridiculous. So it, it's kind of like Charleston yeah. or Greenville. See people yeah. are leaving. But by, by the time I leave here, no, there's not going to be anybody left. They're all going to be down there. Y'all are going to use weight. You'll, you'll, you'll start hearing beef sandwich, like out of nowhere. There's no place to get a beef. What? Like eh. south of I-4 in Florida is like, you know, yeah, New York light. Yeah, we're going to be Chicago light down here. Pole sausage, Maxwell Street pole. Sausage, sausage, pork chops. Anyway. Reagan well, has a nice, uh, a nice little message. Happy from the Nana Sports chat box. Yeah, I saw that. Happy Tuesday, folks! Just finished a bike ride on the Casey River Walk over lunch. Saw Sinorama installing some new maps for the River Walk. Made me think of the show. Go Gamecocks! Yeah. How about that? Well, that's not surprising because they are the number one sign installation company in all of the entire world, and uh, we're happy to uh, to work with them. My question to Reagan is: Were you riding a electric bike from Electric Bikes Charleston? Or not, because they power our program and they're powering much of the state of South Carolina. Electricbikescharleston.com, Event and Velotric, Magnum Bikes, they're just, they're unbelievable. I saw a ton of them downtown the other day around Seawee. Up to 28 miles an hour with pedal assist, but you don't have to always have on pedal assist like probably JC or I would. Uh, we would just get on pedal assist, crack a beer, and cruise. Some of you actually want to ride the bike. And then, you know, have it help you just get home. And that's what they're built for. Their warranties and their service after the sale are brilliant. That's why they're the best in the entire state. And that's why they sell to the whole state. Electricbikescharleston.com. Just go check out the website. Trust me, you'll be glad you did. You, you'd be shocked to see what actually exists in the bike world out there now. And they are located in Mount Pleasant here in the Low Country, And we are very proud partners of them on our um, program that was a that was really good stuff with uh taylor he's um so mm. jc let me ask you this question you shane obviously shane played at virginia tech clearly has recruited that area you know multiple times i mean his entire career but taylor spent time as this in this pretty much same role at maryland under loxley so is there does one of those two guys have more of an influence on the recruitment of that area or like how would you describe how carolina has has really made inroads into the the delmarva area i think there's there's three three primary people you can look at shane shane recruited dc maryland for uh, oklahoma actually shane was the guy that recruited caleb williams to oklahoma he was his recruiter uh, the guy that's the Heisman Trophy winner that, that's at Southern Cal now. He wouldn't have gotten my vote. That would have been Stetson Bennett. But we can argue about that over the summer. Um, uh, so he got him out of D.C. And uh, 
I think when he was at Virginia Tech, he had no July seventh. Okay, yeah, July seventh. Argue <laughs> about Caleb Williams. I think he had Northern Virginia some and and DC some when he was at Virginia Tech. Uh, I don't. I'm not sure about Georgia. Uh, he did not have that territory when he was here at South Carolina. Spurrier really wanted to just recruit four states, which that was Steve Spurrier. If you ever, he's like, I don't want to go anywhere chasing ghosts. Don't chase those ghosts. Uh, except for when GA Mangus was there. Uh, and then GA got up in that New Jersey Philly area for a little while. But, um, and his spur had always been, oh, yeah, GA is up there messing around doing something, getting some kind of guys. I don't know. Shoot. Play, play uh, golf. Play some golf. Yeah, shoot. Steak. There's good golf courses up in Fink. Give me a cheesesteak. That's great. There's no lizards <laughs> thicket, but it's good. Anyway. Uh, so Shane did not recruit up there at South Carolina. He had like Calhoun County over to Manning within the state and then part of Atlanta. And then the panhandle of Florida, which is weird. Um, but those were his territories uh, when he was in South Carolina. Um, but it's him. It, it's Taylor Edwards. It's Pete Limbo, uh, who obviously coached. I, I think he, he coached up there in Philly. You know, and he's the one that's made the Keenan Nelson Jr., all those cats, you know, Ryan Brubaker, Braden Davis, uh, anybody from up that way, you know, Pete usually has initial contact on. But then, man, it's guys like Sterling Lucas and Lonnie Teasley. And and Sterling, not a guy that's worked in that area, so to speak, but he has because he's with the Ravens for five years. So people forget that Sterling Lucas coached for the Baltimore Ravens for because he lived there, you know. So he's boy, and then Lonnie Teasley, of course. Uh, I think um, I don't want to misspeak. I believe Lonnie Teasley is from up that way originally. Uh, so those guys deserve a lot of credit too. It, it's in, in South Carolina, you know. And, and look, it's hard for us to cover the cover recruiting. Uh, we're all creatures of habit, just like all college football fans are. Uh, sometimes it's hard to wrap our minds around like who gets credit because like since the rivals.com days, when we introduced that feature in the class of 2006, the recruited by you have these superstar recruiters that are like, basically like your trooper tailors of the world. Didn't really can coach any position, but there's jobs to go recruit and they go all over the place and do it. Or you have guys like Larry Johnson, uh, really good, great defensive line coach. Don't get me wrong, but you know, help Penn state get a bunch of guys out the DMV. And now it's helping Ohio state get a bunch of guys out the DMV. Uh, you know, guys that have kind of like this familiarity, doc holiday, uh, the former head coach at Marshall, when he was at Florida and elsewhere, West Virginia, he was a South Florida guy, you know, so Miami, uh, Dade Broward, Palm beach. You didn't want to go against doc holiday down there. Uh, you know, David Reeves kind of, when he was at South Carolina, had that Tampa oh. thing going a little bit. We've got a um, David so Reeves these, reference. Yeah, there's a David David Reeves reference. So, Outside of five uh, points. Yeah. There we go. Interesting. <laughs> Wait, did you just say Doc Holiday like like my Doc Holiday from Tombstone? Because that guy probably was a hell of a recruiter. I'm your hoping. He probably could. That'd be, that'd be great. That would be a great recruiting pitch. You know, walking in with a, <laughs> oh, howdy, spit, man. spitting blood up all over himself from tuberculosis. <laughs> I don't know that, that the, the Doc Holiday that did it was was as far as recruiting goes really good at doing it, but but now it's it, things have kind of changed and, and so many schools are going with this team recruiting approach, with uh, you know 
you have your area guys, but then it gets handed off to maybe the position coach. That's why sometimes I think when people look at, you know, certain assistant coaches commit lists, uh, it's probably not the complete picture because, you know, we tend to at 24 seven, I know we do this, uh, give credit to like the position, the guy that closes the deal, not the initial guy. Uh, and so, uh, so I think, I think those four individuals right now uh, are who you got to kind of give credit to with the, uh, with the, the, the renaissance, the renaissance in the DMV. Um, Joe, and he mentioned Jody Wright too. You know, Jody Wright was involved with Harbor big time, you know, cause they thought he was going to be a tight end. So, so Jody Sterling, Lucas, Shane Beamer, uh, they for Harbor specifically, you know, and then, then, you know, of course for, Zabari, you got Torian Gray for Desmond. You got Sterling Lucas, and for Big Tree Babalade, Lonnie Teasley, uh, Greg Atkins, and uh, I hope we get his name right. Sam Searby is one of their graduate assi- or uh, graduate assistants that coaches O line, helps with O line. They've got like a power trio there recruiting the O line with Teasley, Atkins, and Sam. Those guys are really, really good, you know, yeah. at, at recruiting O linemen. I mean, they make it fun. Jody Wright seems like such a nice guy. He seems like the guy, like if you hired a company like True Green or something that, to spray your lawn and get rid of all the weeds and you accidentally killed the whole lawn, that like Jody Wright, you'd be like, oh, I am so it's sorry. I, I, I killed your entire lawn. And he'd be like, oh, man, that's yeah, all right, man. You know, you just have a good day. We'll get it fixed. It, meanwhile, you know, someone like myself, I'd be like, you stay right there. I'm going to go get my 12-gauge. And when I come back out, if you're still here, I'm going to shoot you in one leg. Uh, like, you know what I mean? Like, like Jody Rice seems like, like literally the nicest guy. Every time you see him, he's just kind of smiling and going about his business. And, um, everybody that I, that I talk to that talks to him, knows him, loves him to death. I I don't know him. I'm going to, I'll be in Columbia this weekend. I'm planning to go by the facility on, I think Saturday. So maybe he'll be there, but, um, but yeah, he just, he just seems I don't know, just like a guy I just kind of want to hang out with, and obviously people want to play for him, and uh, just kind of. Hey, here's the real question, though, Phil. This is the real question. This is for you, not for JC can answer. But this is your question. <laughs> Wyatt Earp or Tombstone? Oh, I'm a Tombstone guy. Yeah, yeah me too. Totally. I like Wyatt Earp, though. Yeah, but it's a good I, movie, I yeah, Tombstone. but I'm a Tombstone guy. Mm-hmm. JC, are you a Tombstone guy or Wyatt? I'm, we're not talking about pizza now. We're talking about movies. Tombstone or Wyatt Earp? <laughs> Oh, I thought you were talking about uh, pizza. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, like, I like Tombstone pizza, too, though. I, we are, to I don't know. Sure. Tombstone was one of those movies that really, my, like, my family just, well, one side of it, my dad's side of the family just kind of latched on to. So, seen, I, can, oh. I couldn't tell you how many times I've seen that movie. And you Probably watch it every the whole time. thing from start to finish. And I'd still, it's one of those where if you're flipping channels, yes, I'm still a channel flipper. I'm old, uh, that I'll stop and watch every time. That's one of those early 90s movies that every time it's on, like Days of Thunder. Every time Days of Thunder is on, I'm in. Stop what we're doing. I'm in. I can't. I, I got to watch it. Have to. Have to. Mm-hmm. But going back to recruiting, JC, it's like. Oh, uh, sorry. <laughs> we digress. But anyways, how about, yeah, but, yeah. how about those giants? No, but there was something I was just sitting here thinking, and I, I probably can answer the question myself. But you, being the expert here, so with the, the you know the the way things have changed, the 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 shrinking of the world, if you will, with all the connectivity and and the ability for everybody to be everywhere all at once, 
Uh, is the recruiting landscape nowadays, as opposed to say when you first got into it and we're, you know, doing the national recruiting thing, is it more of a team effort from the entire staff than it is, you know, maybe individually, you know, back in the day? I mean, are you, are these kids getting it from not just the position coach or the territory guy, but, you know, you're getting the Taylor Edwards is involved. You're getting, you know, everybody within the program involved more so than back, you know, say 15 years ago. Taylor's role is really like what Taylor has really evolved uh, because it's, 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 it's a little more complex and and the world is more complex and players are more complex and there's more coaches on the road now, um, you know, and and the stakes are higher. There's more attention paid to it. Um, It it used to be like, okay, so like Jessica Jackson does um, own, she's the on campus recruiting coordinator. And so she sets up all the official visits and makes sure, you know, make sure there's cupcakes, you know, out there for people to eat and, you know, for dessert and that the caterer gets called and that they have a first class experience during their visit, unofficial and official visits. So they have any questions, need tours, all that. And then Taylor is, is kind of the just director of personnel. So he functions much more like a GM while also overseeing the actual scheduling of coaches on the road and then things that externally. So, so he's kind of like the GM, but also the external recruiting coordinator. It used to be one dude would do that. And, and, and then a coach, like a full-time assistant coach would have the title recruiting coordinator and you, like, like Shane Beamer did when he was mm-hmm. at Carolina. And those were the people that were in charge of like running the meetings and uh, you know, deciding who to offer and, and things like that. The, the, the Taylor Edwards role was not not as much of an evaluation kind of deal as, as it was a you know a scheduling and, and things like that like I guess when Robbie Lyles was was there at Carolina you know Robbie I think he would probably be the first to tell you and I you know, massive respect for Robbie Lyles that he wasn't necessarily the guy in there you know that was more like Shane Beamer and Steve Spurrier Jr. that set up the board and you know or, or had power over the, the recruiting board and all that. So it's evolved quite a bit. And it, it happened in Tuscaloosa because that's, that's where um, Saban, Ed Marinowitz was a guy that worked for Saban uh, at, at Alabama that probably one of the smartest football minds. I know he went on to work for the Eagles. I don't even know where he's at now, but you know, that guy left no stone unturned and everybody wonders, you know, Alabama, Oh, well, they just get five stars. They don't just recruit, they recruit the right five stars. And what they do is, is identify guys before the people that do the stars identify the guys. And then these guys become five stars. Uh, people say, is there a Bama bump? There absolutely is a Bama bump because they're the best evaluating staff in the country. And you know, if they offer somebody and want to take them, that, uh, that they're pretty good football players, that they've done their due diligence. And so why would you not? want to rank them highly if you're wanting your rankings to look good. So uh, guess what, guys? I, I just Lonnie Teasley, I got to give Marcus Satterfield some credit on this. He worked for Satterfield at Tennessee Tech in 2017 when Sat was the head coach there as the O-line coach. So there was the connection. He's also worked for the Baltimore Ravens as the assistant offensive line coach and uh, was under, I guess, Matt Rule at Temple as well. So um, – 
Yeah, yeah there, there's his back. Quantrell, Quantrell actually asked a question about Lonnie. He said, how long before the bigger schools come calling? I, I'll be honest with you. I, I don't know that you can say that the bigger schools haven't already been calling about Lonnie Teasley. However, I, everything I understand, JC, is he is thrilled to be the offensive line coach at South Carolina, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't think too much further than that at this point. And, and I think at some point, too, Quantrell, South Carolina is a bigger school. And they're yeah. power five SEC. They finished fifth in the SEC this year. I mean, I, they are a bigger, probably not a, you wouldn't call them a blue blood program. But uh, uh, I also think, too, South Carolina is going to pay whatever they have to pay to keep the uh, staff intact. You know, uh, I think you saw that with Pete Limbo this year. Uh, I think if you've got a valuable guy, he's going to do it now. Do I think Lonnie Teasley one day could be a head coach somewhere? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and at that point, you got a decision to make. Uh, you know, so that's the deal there. Uh, Days of Thunder, Cole Trickle, Lance Player says. I haven't thought about the name. Hell Cole yeah. Trickle I know. Time. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all know not Knocking on Heaven's Door by Guns N' Roses is in that movie? Cole and, yeah. Cole mm-hmm. and Rowdy, man. That was a, that was a rivalry. You know, the old, the old days of racing there. The, the, today's Daytona ain't nothing like those guys used to do. What uh, is overtime? Hold on. Now I saw this. Somebody said overtime in in a NASCAR race. Did I catch that right? I'm I, I'm admittedly oh, I'm not the biggest. They, they've changed fan, so many rules. I don't even. I can't how the hell is there overtime? Anymore. I don't know. Like I literally, I can't. I can't watch it anymore. It just they. Is that like extra all. time in soccer? <laughs> yeah, I don't. Extra know. time. We're going to extra time. <laughs> We're going into extra time. Et no, extra time. Yeah. Like, Et the extraterrestrial. Um, it is uh, time Ouch. for a timeout. Saunders, Saunders got a, uh, a, uh, a question there about Gus Zelensky, the auto parts king. So we will uh, right. we'll get to that when we return. Uh, also, I uh, made working parts it, for the working family because that's who I care about. Beef sandwich. <laughs> See, yeah, you're right up there in Zelensky land. <laughs> JC the king. Uh, is, king. How popular of a movie is Tommy Boy in Chicago? It's got to be popular, right? People live Tommy Boy every day. Yes. <laughs> they are Zelensky. I mean, I know I know Tommy Boy's in Sandusky, Ohio, which is right, right across the way. But, I mean, Chris Farley lived here. I mean, yeah. all those guys at Second mm-hmm. City Comedy. So, I think it's a big popular movie if you want to know the truth. Yeah, I'm sure, sure. <laughs> I mean, Farley was one of the Bears. Farley and Aykroyd were the Bears fans. I mean, ah, well, any yeah. heart attacks this week? Yeah, a couple. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually got a pork chop stuck in my artery. Oh, oh hey, Ditka versus God in golf. Uh, Ditka, very close. And people, I swear to God, I'm probably going to have an, an early happy hour today uh, if, if I get no. the MP3 up in time. Shocker. Um, <laughs> been a long morning. Had to do my taxes this morning. I'm kind of stressed out about it. But uh, all the uh, reason I'll you a drink. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll go to this bar, and these these guys are like, they're just like that. Yeah. JC, what's going on? Damn, we're just watching golf. Tiger, Tiger. What's Ditka Bears? Oh, field sucks. He's going to get hurt. Oh, yeah, beef sandwich. <laughs> Give me a beef and a beer. I don't really. Should we go to a break or what do you want to do here, Phil? You're behind me. Oh, when we get back, well, JC, if you've heard anything on Gus Zelensky, we'll let you. Uh, answer that question and we'll tee up tonight's pitching matchup by the way it's really interesting at founders park an old name and a brand new name uh for uh south carolina that's a chicago name too jersey 
back. Yeah, Jersey, Jersey back. Jersey yeah. back can throw the piss out of the ball. Yeah, right. Too yeah, cold to play baseball. Young Jersey back. I'll be playing for the sack someday. Outside. So everybody, hang tight. We'll be right back. back. Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass, Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864-414-5271, Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182. Hey man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. You know what, Phil? Let's ask Stoneblend. Hey, JC and Phil, if you want a solution to your IT problems, give Heritage Digital a call. Our boy Matt Odom has a low-cost, one-price solution that will get you running right. Call 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com and ask for Matt. He will hook you up today and tell them Stone sent you. This is Freshman All-American, Nicky Warrior of the Carolina Gamecocks, and you are listening to The Show with JC and Phil. back everybody inside the Gamecocks the show presented to you by Express Sunrooms live from the virtual Sinorama studios hold on I just read something here <laughs> I, love when I get distracted like, squirrel uh, yeah That's I was say. <laughs> we, get, we get wingo on one time and it's already the, yeah, that's right. it's contagious well I've got yeah. they're doing something under the street in my neighborhood like <laughs> there are these crews out they got all Never the manhole good. covers off of these things they're subterranean digging and who knows oh, no. what but oh no really 
Hold just hoping that's not coming through the microphone. <laughs> JC, if we get a blank screen out of Phil in a second, it's uh, not good news. So, uh, let's, I, I'll, let's, I'll tell you, you know, it's just like we used to like have um, God, the neighbors were doing the roof one day when I was over here, and I, I was worried it was coming through, and it wasn't. Uh, and then, of course, on Wednesdays, when the weather gets warm, we'll have the Sanchez's come over. That's our uh, people that cut our grass. Um, they roll in sometimes around the time we're recording. Most of the time it's like 4 o'clock. But usually I'm out on the porch enjoying my afternoon and Red's out in the yard. And all of a sudden he starts going crazy. And, and they're, at the ga- they're storming the gate, you know, with the, with the stand-up lawnmower. And I have to go get him so he doesn't get run over. But, yeah, so <laughs> anyway. Well, tonight in baseball, South Carolina will look to go 4-0. and Eli Jerzenbeck will throw his first pitches in a Gamecock uniform. This is a young man we've been learning a lot about since uh, pretty much last September, and so we'll finally publicly all get to see him pitch in a game against Winthrop, and he will face junior righty Brody Hopkins, the brother of former center fielder T.J. Hopkins. Brody actually started his career with um, – with Coach Holbrook at the College of Charleston and transferred to Winthrop after last season and um, more of a position player with the Cougars, but he is a pitcher uh, for Winthrop. So that'll be an interesting game at uh, 4 o'clock this afternoon to see those guys go at it. And then James Hicks will get the ball tomorrow against Queens College. And uh, by the way, James Hicks is already 1-0 because uh, Will Sanders only threw four innings on Friday, so he didn't qualify. So Hicks came in in the fifth and qualified for the win. I always love those snake wins. You know, you, you, you're out in the fourth or four and two yeah. thirds. Guy gets one third of an out and he qualifies for the win. Um, <laughs> so James Hicks will, will be one and oh going into the game tomorrow. But um, tonight's our first crack at, at Eli Jerzenbeck, and we'll see see what he looks like, boys and girls. I'm sure I've heard he nothing will but be like having this kid's pitch. a stud. I've heard I've heard nothing but the, this kid's a stud. So yeah, um, yeah. There's no there's, there's no doubt. There. I just texted Kip to see if he's calling that game on TV. Um, obviously Derek and and Tommy have got so. it on radio, but I want to get Kip's thoughts on this young man after he sees him actually throw up there in game action tonight and and see what he see what he thinks. Um, so uh, JC, before you answer that question about Gus Zelinsky, um. I, D- Dylan Dylan asked the question, are they going to address running back and edge in the portal after spring? There's a column up about that on the big spur. The, the plan is, of course, uh, yes, they're going to continue to try to recruit those positions, but I'll let these recruiting experts tell you more. I, I want to bounce off of that, though, real quick and go to something that Taylor said, and I'm really glad that he said it. Um, I, I mean, I think I, – I, I'm not going to speak for anybody else here. I, I would say that I would be naive to think that Taylor probably – doesn't know more than what he actually says publicly. I mean, he's pretty involved in everything. (laughs) So he's, uh, he's going to tell you he's not involved in certain conversations, but the reality of it is these guys, the good ones at least are really involved. Um, but you know, if the director of player personnel is saying, Hey, look, you know, doesn't necessarily, it hasn't bothered him because he's been through it for 10 years, and he also pointed out he doesn't have a family, so he doesn't have kids and, and Christmas presents to buy for and this, that, and the other. Um, but he wishes that they would close the window by, oh, I don't know, 30 days and limit it to just one uh, transfer portal window a year. And he obviously said that he thinks 
down the road, there could be chan- changes coming. Coaches just met a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, this is something we've all kind of been clamoring for, and you've heard specifically in our state, you've heard Coach Beamer and Coach Sweeney both say that they probably need to look at making some adjustments here for multiple different reasons. So I, I just found it really interesting that he um, he, he said what I think is on everybody's mind, right, guys? Like, this is kind of insane, and we need to figure out how to get this transfer portal opened up after the bowl games are complete and close the window of how long it's open. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, and and I, I think the reason they put one in post-spring to begin with, because here's the here's the scenario for that. Kid wants to give it one more shot in the spring, see if he can't win the job or get in the two deep. He does not get in the two deep. Should he be allowed? He probably needs to be allowed to just go ahead and, and, and transfer down a level, particularly if he's a senior, you know, that kind of thing, or, or, or to another place he can play. Uh, so I understand that logic. But I also understand from a coaching standpoint, like all these rules can't be, you know, for nothing but the best interest, nothing but the player or what the players quote unquote want. You know, you have to have some rules in place that protect the team, you know, not just the individual. Uh, And I think that's fair. Now, you know, do you want to maybe do a day? 48 hours after spring ball. But then again, you're still opening that thing where, you know, oh, you, you know, you could, you can go ahead, you know, somebody's going to go ahead and leave for money or something, just like Jordan Addison last year. Uh, I think this, I think, um, I, I think that, you know, w- w- where the NCAA screws up bigly is that they have a, like an unrealistic waiver process. It's either like leaving North Korea tough or it's like, you know, I don't want to get political and say our southern border right now. Um, let's say the European Union where they, they don't have borders anymore between the countries. You know, it's either that difficult or that hard. Um, there needs to be some common sense. In other words, to take care of that kid that, yeah, okay, I gave it a, a try or there's academic reasons I stayed here or, you know, all of a sudden these two guys that came in from the portal that they got beat me out and now I'm third team because I'm just not, you know, not maybe, – maybe you call that the R.J. Roderick rule, right? Uh, those guys deserve a shot to go and, and play elsewhere, right? Uh, I think. and 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 But – you got to limit it to that. So, so what I think you do is you you, you set up a, a a realistic waiver process. You know what I'm saying? And because and, and, it's been too extreme, uh, it went from you're never guys like Mike Rath got denied a waiver, right, for extra eligibility. It went from there to like, you know, a free for all. You know, everybody was getting their waiver approved. You know, one way or the other. Uh, even when it was like blatantly transferring for athletic reasons, which you're not supposed to do. So uh, I think there needs to be some common sense used there. I'm, Hey, but if they want to do away with the May period, that's fine. I mean, for me, I, I, I don't, uh, and shrink it to like a week, 14 days, something like that after the bowl games. 
just like a normal like free agency period is in sports. Uh, I don't have a problem with that at all. Uh, I think that's uh, that's common sense. Uh, I think the question you're going to have to ask yourself then, though, is what do you do with the other sports? Uh, is everything – okay, so is basketball going to be, all right, the first 14 days after the Final Four is over? Uh, is baseball going to be the first 14 days after the College World Series? You know, are you going to make sure you have this this thing consistent? You know, as far as Dylan's question, yes, they're looking for a running back and looking for an edge. Uh, they're confident they'll find some. Um, I don't have any kind of idea as to who right now, uh, but you get running backs, man. Th- those those cats won't carry. So what you got to do is you got to look for a guy that you know maybe fourth team somewhere that could be second at South Carolina, you know, that's pretty good. It's just behind guys. He wants, he wants to hit the rock. Uh, and then edge is going to be a lot more difficult, but I, I think with that position, you're always looking and always evaluating and always trying to find guys because uh, it is difficult to find. So I would be surprised if Sterling Lucas and, you know, Taylor Edwards and those guys aren't, aren't playing a little bit of a what if, with some guys out there. Oh, well, what if they do it? What if this, this, that, and the other? So, but yeah, you got to, you got to get another edge, I think. And, you know, look at running back right now. I love Mario Anderson and I think he's the starter. Uh, behind him, you got Juju McDowell, who uh, I think Juju probably tell you he's not a 20 to 25 carry back in the SEC. He's a, he's a, he's a, a utility guy that, can play a lot of snaps, make a lot of plays for you, but you're, you're not going to run power with him over and over. Um, and then Lavoisier Carroll. Well, if Lavoisier has a great spring, then you're kind of set, barring injury. But what if an injury happens? Well, what if Lavoisier doesn't progress like you're hoping? You know, uh, then where you then you you got Anderson, and then you got McDowell, and then you who freshman? I don't know. Walk-ons. Well. McDowell's not an every down guy. So what if Anderson's not that guy? I mean, you know, there's all these what ifs that that position, they need sort of a, like a, and I know Christian Bill Smith got hurt last year, right? Um, but the, but he was by and large, like, you know, it's unfortunate he got hurt. Had he not been hurt, Christian Bill Smith was the absolute guarantee security blanket running back guy. You know, senior, led Wake Forest and rushing, would have been more than solid had he not gotten hurt. They need a guy like that, you know, with with this class. Dylan Johnson from Mississippi State was kind of, but, you know, I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm halfway glad they didn't get Dylan Johnson because he threw the pirate under the bus after he left Mississippi State, (laughs) and we all love the pirate here. But uh, uh, that would have been the type of guy to get, though, a starting SEC running back from another school. Um, Edge is going to be a little bit more difficult. You know, just because those guys get gobbled up quick. I mean, Carolina was very, very fortunate to get Jordan Strong uh, when they did, and very, very fortunate, uh, I think, to get Terrell Dawkins. Although, you know, obviously there's a reason they need more edge. You know, Dawkins has to have a pretty good spring, I think. But um, yeah, they're definitely going to target those. Maybe somebody at another position that pops up too that is too good not to take. But uh, I think those are the definite two um, two spots right now, and so we'll see kind of what what happens. 
Quantrell asks, is what are reliable recruiting websites that involve baseball? Perfect game, would you say, Jamie? Uh, well, um, first of all, when it comes to recruiting specifically for South Carolina, there's nobody out there that does better than John Whittle. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. John, John is – when you read his uh, – you know, like the VIP rooms and stuff like that. He he's he's on it. Uh, he doesn't miss when it comes to Carolina. Just in general, I mean, personally, I would tell you to subscribe to the Diamond Prospects. Um, that's the best one out there. They they they're in tune with everything. It's run by Austin Alexander, who um, one of Monty Lee's best friends, pitched at the College of Charleston, and um, it's they host all the Palmetto games, all that stuff. That's what I would check out if I was you and. Uh, for South Carolina specifically, just stay up to date on the Big Spur because John is as good at it as any. But John is very, I mean, John's as in tune as anybody when it comes to recruiting in Carolina. Probably, probably as in tune as the coaches are, as a matter of fact. So um, he's he's he'd be pretty good. I'll I'll follow up too real quick, and I know I know I'll hit a break. Look with with the running back situation, I I um um I, I'm not as concerned about it. And, and I'll tell you why. I, I There are a dime a dozen if your offense is running the way that it should be running. Um, you know, Brandon Wilds was a fifth-string running back, and he he did just fine at South Carolina. So, you know, I, I, I don't get too wrapped up in that. If you only have two on the roster, that's a problem. If you've got four or five, um, you know, and, and you've got a, a system that you like, then, you know, it's I mean, running backs don't even go in the first round anymore of the NFL draft. You know, it, because of the scheme, because of how football is now played, I'm much more. You know, if they do take anybody, is it going to be an end and to try to continue to strengthen that that position? Um, but um, that's those are just my two cents. And I, I just remember when Brandon Wilds first got his first carry, everybody's going, "Who the hell's Brandon Wilds from Blythewood? I didn't even know he existed." <laughs> well, he exists now, and he was pretty good, as a matter of fact, in, in the Steve Spurrier offense. So um, we'll, we'll kind of see, kind of see where that goes. Um, Real quick before we hit a timeout, if your walls look doo-doo brown like Phil's behind him there, uh, you can actually upgrade for free by going to Facebook and finding a couple of painters there. A couple of painters paints our program, Garnet and Black Daily. They're outstanding, and if you really ever think about it, you never know a good painter until it's time to paint something, and then you're either asking your neighbor or your mom or your friend or you're on Facebook or Twitter or wherever the hell you go to to communicate with people and you say, does anybody know a good painter? Well, put these guys, go ahead and put them in your phone book for when you need them. They'll go anywhere in South Carolina, anywhere in Georgia because they're licensed and insured, and they'll also make sure that they can quote you via just pictures. You can text them pictures, and they will send you a quote. You also can win a Gamecock room through a couple of painters by going to that Facebook page and just sending a message of your name, phone number, and email so they can get a hold of you. It's not spam or anything like that. You just enter the contest that way. So if you're on Facebook or if you're not, ask your wife or ask your husband or whomever is to go ahead and enter your name, and that drawing's coming up here in a week. So get your name entered, and somebody's going to have a Gamecock room painted garnet and black and white if that's what you wish by a couple of painters that they, they will be painting at least the downstairs of our house here pretty soon. They were the best quote we got. And it just so happens that, uh, that they're also the best painters. It, it, it appears that we've gotten a quote from as well. So we're excited about that. We're excited to partner with them and we hope that they can help you as well. Uh, if you need to get a hold of them via phone, 
5226832 put that in your phone 8035226832 fences decks inside outside you name it they can paint stain and pretty much everything in between all right it's time for a timeout i think it's our last timeout and when we return uh, jc will uh, describe his happy hour and his beef sandwiches and also we didn't get to the Gus Zelensky question. So if any, maybe he's got some thoughts on Gus Zelensky as well. We'll answer that here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Absolutely. <laughs> I want you to take me to Disney World. Calm down, calm down. JC is here. As y'all know, folks, the family and I have visited Disney World many times, but it can be overwhelming, especially if it's your first time going to the most magical place on earth. I highly recommend wherethisroadleads.com and my friend Cherie, a certified Disney vacation planner. That's right. The mouse has given her permission to book your family vacation hassle-free. You don't know where to go, don't know where to stay, don't know where to eat, don't know what to do. It can be overwhelming. So get on wherethisroadleads.com and schedule your free consultation right now. She can help you out. The prices are very reasonable. You don't pay any extra fees. Uh, In fact, she's much more reasonable maybe than booking it straight through Disney. So for your next Disney vacation or, you know, more likely your first, so you don't panic, go to wherethisroadleads.com and talk to Cherie, certified Disney vacation planner, a partner of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. The home of Aventon, Velotric, Magnum Bikes, and more. They sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Their electric bikes are equipped with five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle so you can ride longer, handle the heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available for all ages and sizes. Visit electricbikescharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant if you're in the low country. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Hey, Mo Kaba here from Carolina Gamecocks. You're listening to Inside the Gamecocks, the show with JC and Phil. Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, everybody. Presented to you by Express Sunrooms in Columbia. Give John Barber a call, 803-446-4662. Be happy to talk to you about a sunroom for your home. And let's see, Zelensky. Trying to find it here. Nana's porch chat box. Yeah, the new analyst. I, I don't know, yeah, I don't know much about him. I mean, uh, I, I know that, uh, you know, they lost Stanton Weber um, to uh, – Look, I, I yeah, I'll just be honest. I don't know much about it. I, 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 I <laughs> uh, th- these analyst jobs are, are, I guess, getting more popular these days. But uh, uh, I, I just know that they hired somebody and that, that he's got a good reputation or whatever. And if Pete Limbo wanted him, that's good. But um, you know, oh, I, no, I, no, 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 no. Come on, Phil. We know it's coming. August seventeenth, right. the old JC. <laughs> Is it just me or is anybody you know, else worried SEC about media days? Yeah. He's going to ask yeah. Shane Beamer about you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm worried. I'm a little bit worried about Gus <laughs> running your special team, Shane. Is uh, <laughs> Gus Do you return I mean, an All-American punter this year or anything? 
Well, why? Yes, we do, JC. As a matter of apparently fact. not. He's not the Ray guy award winner, right? That's not even right. top three. Oh, yeah. Who? Yeah. I can't wait till we get uh, Shane on at some point in time in the spring or summer, whenever he gets in with us. I just want to get him fired up about that punter situation. So, well, I'll maybe we'll text him and just prep him so we can do like a Dabo rant. Like, hey, coach, I'm going to ask you this. I'm going to give you five minutes to respond. <laughs> yeah, just you the know? floor is yours. Dabo rant. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, to Clint, I um. I, I was – yeah, you're on it. That's what I was saying. I, if you have good running backs in the right system, you're okay. Um, it's hard for – yeah, I mean, of course, Brandon Bennett was – Brandon Bennett, but it's a different era of football. Well, I'm talking about kind of with where it's gone now. You know, if you've got good running yeah, – it's great to have an elite running back. There's no doubt. I mean, I'm not, I'm not discounting that. I think signing a great running back, which they did, by the way, DJ Braswell out of out of Georgia. Um Certainly, I'm not. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying if you've got four or five running backs that are pretty good, and you trust them, and you've got a good offensive scheme, um, you're going to be okay. Much more so than not having a, a, a quality pass rusher. Well, and the, the trend these days too is to have these guys split carries. I think Georgia, Todd Mocken did the best job of that. I think of anybody. Um, I think Mike Bobo did a good job of while he was at Carolina too. Getting, uh, yeah. Uh, getting um, what's his name? What for man? Kevin Harris? He wouldn't have yeah, exactly. No, JC, you you nailed it. What's his name? Was the well? The I mean, that's a perfect example, example right there. No, he he knew he, he they had a good feel as to when to put Fenwick in that year. Fenwick yeah. averaged what mm-hmm. six seven yards per carry. Fenwick, yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, Kevin what's Harris, his name? But you Kevin y'all Harris. mentioned Kevin Harris. Like that's a perfect example. Like, does everybody remember when Kevin Harris was signed? I mean, who out there was jumping, jumping, doing jumping jacks and and chugging beer and doing ice illusions over Kevin Harris signing? He was there, he was a third string, a third three star running back that nobody ever heard of. This guy, this guy on Big Spur canceled his membership and didn't come back until like this year because of it. Because because here's what happened: with Kevin Harris, Kevin Harris showed up. Dot, 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 Bobby dot. Bentley was the running backs coach at the time and evaluated this guy. He ran four four five. He verticaled 41 inches uh, from coastal Georgia um, and had offers from Army, Air Force, and Navy. And uh, really, really good running back, right? <laughs> uh, ended up uh, leading the SEC in rushing and all that. I, I think what the, the thing about running backs is this. I, I think their value, when you talk about position value as it relates to the NFL, the NFL does kind of – it's going to be really hard, I think, to see an Adrian Peterson moving forward or to see you – know, even a guy like Todd Gurley, who was a top-five pick, you know, because their their legs just get worn down. And the NFL's philosophy is we're going to draft guys in the later rounds and put them on the practice squad, keep them fresh, and then they're going to come in and, and take your – because it's such a more of a passing-oriented game these days. Uh, up there than than maybe the three yards in a cloud of dust like it used to be. But there's still, you know, the Marcus Lattimore's of the world and all that. I, I agree with Clint, too. I mean, you, you need guys. I mean, Marshawn Lloyd, obviously, is a pretty big loss. But I think you need more than that these days in college ball. I, I think you need several. And I think that's where the dime of do- a dozen thing comes in, you know, is that you have, you know, oh, yeah, this guy's probably better than this guy. But this guy, i.e., like Deshaun Fenwick, he can come in and take some carries when he's fresh and get yards and make plays. 
Uh, and like Georgia, the last two years, masterful at, 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 at how they used, you know, they're three, four deep at all times at running back at University of Georgia. Um, and they're not all superstars. Georgia, you know, Zamir White, Zeus White had a, was a, when he was healthy, was, I'd call, I'd call him somewhat elite. But, you know, Kenny McIntosh, you know, those guys, uh, the, the, the five star Milton they got out of California, who I never really thought was a five star. You know, those guys are, are good. They're above average. They're really good players. But, you know, like compare it to like uh, B. John Robinson at Texas, who, who is, you know, an elite back. Um, you know, then you kind of look around. I mean, who's been one of the best running backs in both levels of football the last couple of years? Uh, freaking, um, Three his name Kenny Kenny Flowers from uh, uh, from Wake Forest who transferred to Michigan State. What was it? Or yeah. Kenny? Uh, no, Kenneth, Kenneth uh, Rogers, Kenneth, uh, something like that. No, Walker. Kenneth uh, Walker. Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker. Here's a kid. Kenny Rogers. Kenny Rogers. Ball yeah, goes up right. and the ball comes down. The gambler, you know. No, uh, Kenneth Walker. I she mean, really, like. really good rookie of the NFL, right? He's at Wake Forest. This kid. I mean, if you're the University of Tennessee, you're probably sitting there going, what the heck? There's a kid from rural Tennessee that, like, Wake Forest found, <laughs> you know, and uh, goes to Michigan State and blows up and, and now uh, rushed for 1,000 yards as a rookie in the NFL. So, you know, that's the thing. There's all these success stories at that particular position. And uh, and, and for that reason, I think the, the pros and, and the people that rank college prospects and stuff they've kind of figured out and gone well you have to be super special you know i to get a big high top five ranking as a running back or to get a uh yeah i'm not gonna say five stars plenty of five stars but uh you know to get drafted high or whatever at that spot so i i, I but i do think you need talent there i mean if you have a bunch of guys that can't play dead in a movie you know that can't hit their holes and are running up their offensive linemen's behunkuses all day you're not going to go very far so. Well, no, that's true. I mean, and to your point, Harris, Air Force, Army, Cornell, Furman, Middle Tennessee State, that's Rick Stockstill, Navy, the Citadel, Tulane, and Walford. You know, so, I mean, the one thing that does stand out in all that, yes, the Air Force Academies, but then you also have like a, a Walford in there, a, a Cornell, you know, heavy heavy running offenses. So they, they clearly thought that he could carry the rock 25, 30 times a game because that's what those types of offenses do. They give the football to their guys 25, 30 t- times a game and, and go, um, you know, so Rico you just don't Dowdle, ever know, but, but he Rico was, Dowdle was not a highly recruited Rico, guy either. No, right. Exactly. No, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, it's the same thing with quarterbacks. Like who, 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 again, who went outside and funneled a beer when Connor Shaw committed to South Carolina, you know, who went outside and, and took off their clothes and went sliding down the ice luge when Dylan Thompson committed to South Carolina, but you know, when Chris Smelly committed to South Carolina, you know, people were drag racing in the streets. You know, so like, I mean, it, it just, you, you don't ever really know. It all is, it all conforms with w- what are you doing offensively and those type of things. That's why I say, especially with running backs, if you've got a bunch of them who, who can play, and it's just a matter of teaching them the system in which they will be playing in. I mean, let me ask you all this question. This is a great conversation to have, but like, would you rather have the type of running back that Kevin Harris was or the or the type of running back that Derek Watson was? 
Like, if you could take Derek Watson in his prime and Kevin Harris in his prime, we've seen it both now in Carolina. Who do you, who do you take? Derek Watson was like one number one player in the country. So who, who do you Squeaky. take? I'd take Squeaky mm-hmm. all day because yeah. what, what I love backs. Okay, and I know Kevin Harris ran some long touchdowns, right? Pandemic year and all well, that. Well, he ran for thirteen hundred yards. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but he he but he would break <laughs> away. You, you 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 most of the time we're not catching him in the open field, but Derek Watson was just. To me, if you compared him to Harris, what what set him a little bit apart was his elusiveness and quickness and quick twitch athleticism. Uh, Harris had that, but not to the level Derek Watson. <laughs> I mean, Derek Derek no, Watson no, was no. a all around great all around football player too. I mean, I remember he blocked punts and he played some receiver in it. Uh, so yeah, I would I you know, and then Demetra Summers was a even different type of back because he was uh, more of a vision guy. He was um, slippery, man. Slippery. I mean, you know, and, and then, then sometimes you have running backs that that don't do all that well at Carolina that go someplace else and uh, thrive. Like Kenny Irons, remember him, mm-hmm. and uh, David well, Williams. Hey guys, when him. Corey Boyd and Demetri and Demetri Summers were in the same class, and nobody yeah. talked about Corey Boyd, and he ended up mm-hmm. being light years better than what Summers was at South Carolina for a lot of reasons. So you just don't know. You know, you just don't yeah. know what, what's going to I just think it's important to have out. depth. I think it's important to have right. guys no, that exactly. can go in and play and not have, like, your number two guys this big question mark. Um, I you know, I think you can get by with two, obviously, if you've, if you've got the right two and they hold up. But if, if you don't, you know, I, I think it can become problematic. That doesn't even happen anymore. Yeah, well, yeah, and I'm, I'm glad you I'm glad you asked Taylor about Mario too, because and he mentioned I've talked to Mario's coach, and I've told you before I just wouldn't say anything. I mean, they they, they will tell me the truth, and they're like, he's gonna be fine. He's gonna be fine at Carolina. He's a kid. There's a reason. I mean, it, there's a reason why he was at Newberry, but let's just say he he's gonna be okay at Carolina. Somebody asked about Jordan Davison, modern day high school in Santa Ana, California, class of 2025. I wouldn't get, I, I know we've had some reports about it. He does want to visit South Carolina, but I would just, uh, just wait and see. You don't get overly fired up about him right now. Um, but you know, I'd have said the same thing about Nick Harbor. Uh, but California kids, now California kids will come east in a heartbeat these days, but. Yeah, just, that NIL um, money is taxed at about 50% out there in California. Yeah, well, you can't, you know, they, it's they, crazy they, they have to think about stuff like that, but that is a legitimate yeah. argument I, to, you know, to pull a kid out of California and go to yeah. Florida or, just, you know, somewhere over here with lower tax rates. I, I just crazy. saw an article about this, guys. Mm-hmm. That there's there's some kid, I don't know who it was, not too long ago that woke up and realized he owes about 20 grand in taxes all of a sudden. That's why I didn't understand the Jordan Addison move. I was like, I wouldn't go out there. <laughs> yeah. Like, Nobody probably advised him like on Pennsylvania, yeah, how much you but... lose. <laughs> yeah. makes a good point. He says running backs are the one position you can bargain shop and be satisfied. But when it comes to like quarterback or edge, give me the blue chip guys. They put hardware in the trophy case. It, it kind of depends. I mean, look, I'm not going to say there's never been an, a, a, an underrated edge player that's, I mean, you look at the NFL, obviously there are, uh, or quarterback for that matter, but you, you typically are a little safer. I, I think chances D-tackles, are. Chances are. Yeah. To his and point, I think linebackers. 
Linebackers are usually, you know, you want the three or four star guys. Uh, corners are like uh, your five star guys are usually legit corner wise, um, unless somebody's an idiot and trying to. They're set that these kids are really safeties and they're trying to make them a corner. That's dumb. But uh, then, like the rest of your guys that make it at corner are just ballers that that you know very few people offered. They just have the mental toughness and athleticism to go out and do it. Um, you know, so I, I think that's an interesting spot to kind of break down, you know, running back, uh, you know, I, I do think you can find guys cause a lot of it, uh, there's so many of them wide receivers kind of the same way. I, I almost think sometimes wide receiver, although we've had a lot of underrated ones that we've seen at South Carolina that have done really well, you know, sometimes you kind of look and see these five-star receiver guys like Ohio State's got or like, you know, T. Higgins, like Clemson had, and you're like, oh, wow, that's what that guy can do. I think that's probably, you know, part of my enthusiasm about year one with Nick Harbor. Can Nick Harbor be a T. Higgins type of player? You know, I'm not so sure he has the ball skills T did because T could jump up one leg and one arm and grab it, you know. What an A.J. Green coming out of high school, mind you. What an A.J. Green. But could go up and get it. But then he's also he was also six foot four and a half, blazing fast. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's an interesting discussion, Quantrill. I mean, you know, I think everybody wants five star defensive ends as long as they're like actual five star. And I'll tell you the one thing. One more evaluation thing, because I know we got to go. Um, beware of the six one DN that's rated five stars. Go back, Byron Cowart. Uh, Xavier Thomas, dare I say. Uh, there's a kid committed to Louisville that's a TJ Capers, I think is his name. Five-star guy, right? Dude, 6'2", 230. Beware of those guys. that Because what they do, they dominate camps because they're small and quick. And then they get to college and they get they get dominated. You know, So just uh, beware of that. So anyway, I rambled on and on about evaluation, so that's good. That's good. Hey, you know. Thank you, Taylor. Thank you, Taylor Edward. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome interview with Taylor. Really good stuff with with but, with Taylor Edwards today. Well, I say Taylor around my house talking about Taylor Edwards. It's like we've got a friend that's ex-wife's name's Taylor. And then there's Taylor Swift. So like Nat's brain goes two different, way different directions whenever I say that. <laughs> Nat's a Swifty? <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> no, 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 okay. Weird, weird thoughts both ways. <laughs> well, guess what? Here's the good news. We'll be back tomorrow at 11, and we will certainly recap tonight's ball game and look to tomorrow night's ball game and tomorrow night's hoops game, and God only knows what else will be on the agenda, but we hope you'll be with us. We'll see you then. <laughs>